Day two of the NFL draft is complete. The Chiefs have two new players and made a move that I think is going to tell us what the rest of the draft is going to in in include as they move around. Matt Derrick is here from Chiefs Digest post game live. Welcome in. This is Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Eventful day two of the NFL draft. One more day to go. A lot of selections. Thanks for being with us. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You want to check them out because if you've dreamed of being a GM and everybody does this weekend, you want to get into the action. Right now, you can get into the game. The best simulation of running a franchise that we've ever found. It's ultimate-gm.com. You can go and look in the app stores as well. That certainly does help. And you get a free boost of 100% when you use our code Locked On in all caps at ultimate-gm.com. Now, a lot to go over here. Chiefs Digest beat reporter Matt Derrick is here. Chris obviously is here. I'm here. A uh, lot of guys that I like on my draft board. You can find that at NFL 33. You can get the draft guide still at rogueapc.com. Use that code uh, MatrixLOC. I'm Ryan Tracy from all those places and more welcome to a late night edition of draft day two draft day two is a lot of fun i think it's you looked at what kansas city was able to get done and i said this we you know the network is doing these quick segment things and one of the things i said on that was uh i don't know how you really argue with this draft kansas city hit their top three needs in their th first three draft picks and while you can probably quibble over where they took those players uh they hit on all of them i think i think that you know rasheed rice is a guy that they liked uh and you know morris was kind of surprised to me but if they think he can start and play right tackle then so be it yeah and and, and morris morris wasn't much of a surprise to me just simply because i know that the chiefs were interested in him and i, and I think that he was really the only tackle that was in this pocket that they would have been interested in um after that i think you'd really start looking at more some of the developmental projects in the fifth or sixth round you could certainly argue and maybe make the quibble that the chiefs got morris you know a, a, ahead of where he may have been on some boards but one i don't think that he was going to be lasting to where they were in the fourth round they would have had to have made a, a move up to get him and, and Brad Veach usually has a pretty good feel for this, that, that if there's some other teams that are interested, he's certainly looking around the board. And if there were some teams that would be interested in the tackle, he certainly wanted to get in front of them. And, and there's no doubt Morris was their guy. And, and I like the fact that they identified him early and went after and got him. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the tail of the tape here. And we've seen that over the last couple of years in that the evaluation and identification process is one thing that they hone in on and they have, what I think is probably even less than we, than we assume in 150 to 180-ish targets on their board, they zero in on fewer guys than that, and they do make concerted efforts to go acquire those particular players. That feels like what happened in both of these picks tonight. Wanting Morris in particular is a guy that I had uh, on early day four on my board, along with a couple of other bookend players that I call, because Wanya Morris was overshadowed in this entire process by – his partner in crime in his bookend, Anton Harrison, who was mocked to the Chiefs repeatedly. And I think what even I overlooked is, is the connections back at Tennessee and then playing at Oklahoma, obviously. Uh, in the end, it allows their plan to come to fruition, which Juan Taylor being able to play on the left-hand side. Wanya Morris is going to compete at right tackle with Lucas Niang. 
I expect that to be an open competition, Matt. Do you? Yeah, I, I do too. And I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, the fact that that Wanye has some experience at left tackle from his Tennessee days, it's another plus in his column. I mean, the Chiefs love flexible and versatile offensive linemen. Um, does that mean that maybe he's someday a uh, candidate to convert back to the left side? I mean, you, you never know with the Chiefs. Um, I, I do think that even though he's got that experience, I, I do think that this solidifies that Juwan Taylor is going to start. I can't really make the case that given how long it's been since he's consistently played on the left side, that they would have Morris back there. I think it's much more likely that they're going to stick him on the right side. Um, they did, t- we did talk to reporters, did talk to Mike Borgonzi tonight and, you know, and, and Mike left it open. I mean, you know, is that the, Hey, they're open about where he can play and they've got options, but I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, it's right now it's makes sense. Juwan Taylor will be on the left side and you're right. It's going to be, I think an open competition on the right side and, and there could be more names in it than just Niang and Morris, but those are going to be the, the top two, certainly when we get to OTAs. Well, one of the things you have to love about the Morris pick is he played with Greek Humphrey, I think, in in Oklahoma, but he also played with Trey Smith in Tennessee, and they played next to each other. Terry Smith was a left guard in Tennessee uh, when one he was there in playing left tackle, and now they're going to be playing next to each other at right guard and right tackle. So I think that the, that's pretty cool. One of the things that I that I did see on Twitter was one uh, he said that Trey Smith was one of the first people to reach out to him and congratulate him on being picked by Kansas City and said, now it's time to go to work, uh, which makes a lot of sense for a guy like Trey Smith to say. But you look at the picks just in general. I mean, you know, you go get a wide receiver, which you've needed for, which you need that type of size and ability in Rasheed Rice. And then you come back and you get – uh, you know, Wanya Morris, and I think, you know, you trade up to go get both your guys. You tr- you use those picks kind of like what we talked about, Ryan, of they're not going to have 10 guys that they can get on this roster. So use your picks get the guys you want. Make sure you get them, and that's what they did. And in this scenario, uh, you know, Wanya Morris wasn't going to be there at 135, I think, is their next pick in the fourth round since they traded away 122. So, uh, you know, they had to go get him. That's a good point. And, and let's go over the specifics of the trade. Um, I think that does play into, and I feel like the trade value itself was realized pretty well. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised, honestly, Matt. How did you react to it? It was, uh, what was it, 122 uh, to move up from 63 to 55, but also from 249 to 194. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe you got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that balanced out pretty well. I mean, I don't think the Chiefs gave up a ton. Um, and and they honestly, I mean, that that's why they had 10 picks for this draft is that, you know, they want to be able to have the currency to be able to move and navigate the board. That's what these picks were. You guys were right with the point that it's hard to find a way to get 10 guys onto this roster which means if you take 10 players out of this draft, you're you're probably going to have to expose some to the waiver wire once you get down to cut down, and you might lose those guys. Um, so if you're able to upgrade that and get the guys that you want, and and I circle back to that because you, you hit it on it earlier, Ryan, with both these guys, um, you know, the Chiefs, one of their scenarios is obviously they don't get their receiver in round one, so they're looking at it in round two. And there was Rasheed Rice has been a guy that they have been targeting for this entire process as being a guy that if that was the plan, if that if that if that's how the draft unfolded, that they can't get a receiver that they like in round one, who would they circle back with, with the two? And Rasheed Rice has been that guy for a while. 
So I, I just didn't know if they would be able to get to him. I thought the concern was that he may go earlier than they were willing to spend to get up because going from 63 into the 40s was a little bit tougher deal. Um, but the fact that Rice was there at 55, that's what makes it possible. Um, but there's just no guarantee of that. So, I mean, they got the guy that they wanted. I mean, that was that was the plan from last night. When you don't get a receiver, you take Felix. The idea is that Rice is the one you're going to target. And the same thing was with Morris. I mean, even though there was a, a group of receivers in the second round that I think the Chiefs would have been happy with any uh, several of them, even though Rice was the one they wanted, um, I think in the third round for Morris, that was it was it was Morris or bust. I mean, it really was. Um, there might have been a few other tackles that they were considering, but there was no doubt. I mean, Morris was the number one guy, um, and they wanted to make sure that they got him. Well, the big thing with Morris, and, and we need to go to break here in just a second, but I want to say this really quick. The big thing with Morris, you know, you go start looking at why he fell to the third round. Why isn't he a guy that people were talking about in the first? It's all about technique. He has length. He has the feet. He has the ability to do things, but it's all about technique. He gets too high at times, and he lunges a little bit, and he gets off balance. But when you start talking about technique and issues that need to be cleaned up, I can't imagine that there's many more staffs in the NFL that you'd want to have working with a guy like that than Andy Heck. And we already know that he's already been with Big Duke at his O-lineman camp as well. So he's working on that technique. If he can get that figured out, that's a really solid pickup in round three. Yeah, hey, if Duke Mannyweather and Andy Heck and the group that the Chiefs have working with him can't can't fix you, nobody can fix you. So, uh, but yeah, I that, that's why I think this is a good pick. I mean, I, there's a there's a ton of things to like about Wanya Morris. The measurables are there. It's just man, you know taking that and converting it into productive play. That's been his struggle. Certainly, consistency and technique has been his struggle. But if you can fix those two things, you've got a heck of a player. And when we get back, we're going to talk a lot more about Rishi Rice and Wanya Morris. But I want to tell you about our friends, Ultimate uh, Ultimate Football GM. This is actually one of my favorite games that I've ever played on my phone. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app. And if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty. One of my favorite things about this is it's got franchise mode where you go and you try to build a franchise for about 25 years, see how many championships you can win, and you get to do everything in the in this game. You get to hire your own coaches, pick your schemes, draft players, get players in free agency. All of these things are things that Ultimate Football GM puts you responsible for, and you get to control your own destiny. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Chiefs listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. So the trade aside and getting good value from where they were able to move to, it is about providing what we always kind of thought was going to be the key for this particular draft, and that is acquiring talent at offensive tackle, wide receiver, and defensive end. 
They got the end on, on night one. We talked about Felix. Now we move on to Rasheed Rice, who I, I think some people were a little bit surprised that he might be the target here. He was my number four wide receiver overall, and a guy that I think could fit into a number of different ways. At the end, it is about his ability to be dynamic vertically. Uh, 41 inch vertical here, not the fastest guy to four five one, but a guy that I think can do multiple things within this offense and can play multiple roles. He isn't what I think Matt is, uh, what a good bulk of this wide receiver class is, and that's pigeonholed into a single slot type role. Rashi Rice can be all over the field, in my opinion. Do you see it that way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's why the, the Chiefs targeted him from the very beginning. Um, he's not blazing speed. It's solid, but not blazing. And, th- and the knock on him the, from the critics you see is that, you know, the, the speed doesn't always maybe seem to translate onto the field. But interesting to me that, you know, once again, going back to Mike Borgonzi talking tonight at the end of the third round, um, is that he didn't talk about speed necessarily with him. The, the words that he used with Rice were twitchy and violent that that was the way that he runs and, and you're right. I mean, that's a different style. And now that's not, you know, this is the, the chiefs have plenty of guys that are the speed guys. I mean, if you're looking for the Tyreek Hill or the McCall Hardman in this offense, you've got, you know, Kadarius Tony, you've got sky Moore to do some of those things. They need a variety of receivers. And the fact that, you know, at SMU, that Rice was able to move around. He's played both inside. He's played outside. He's been effective in both roles. That's a good indication for a guy who can come into the next level and be able to be the same thing. If you need him in the slot, he can fill in there. If he needs to go outside, there's, a, I think, a better chance for him in that kind of role. Even though, and I hesitate saying SMU is a small school, you know, putting it into like, what's what sky Moore was playing in i mean but it is not power five so let's put mm-hmm. him in there um you know i think it's going to be easier for him to make the transition to the nfl especially in this offense playing multiple roles because he's done it before so it's going to I mean it's going to be a big part of just how quickly he can pick things up but i tell you what i mean um everything that i've seen and heard about him so far i don't think that's going to be a huge problem you know, the other thing I like about this kid is you. we heard about Quentin Johnson. We heard about Zay Flowers working out with Mahomes. You didn't hear that. But it came out in the draft presser that you did have Rasheed Rice go in and practice with Patrick Mahomes in Dallas, which makes a lot of sense because they're in basic – I mean, he's in Dallas. That's where SMU is. So that makes a lot of sense, but you didn't hear about it. That's a huge deal. If, if a guy is willing to – go in, work out, and not say a word about it, I think that really says something for the Chiefs. Yeah, there might have been a few other receivers who came in and snuck in and worked out with Mahomes and the guys down in Dallas. I had I, I had a suspicion that Rice was one of those, so that's why I asked him about it because I knew that he was down there. He's a Texas guy, so it made a lot of sense. Uh, and then, yeah, he had a pretty good story afterwards about uh, uh, Patrick calling him while he was on the phone with Andy Reid and having to put – coach on hold so we could tell Patrick, Hey, let me call you back. (laughs) Well, gotta love that. Let me take a couple of moments from um, the film of value that we did over at rogue analytics and performance consulting. Um, The biggest question mark for me was inconsistency. He can play the catch point very well, um, make some acrobatic catches. He can manipulate his body positioning. And I think in close contact, that's something the chiefs don't necessarily have. He's not the big throw it up, go get it at the catch point receiver, but he can have some aspects of that. I just didn't see it game to game to game. 
he has yak potential, but doesn't necessarily always achieve that. Um, he is talented across the board and, and a well-rounded type guy. He's a willing blocker. Um, he has enough uh, body shielding, I think, to make it in the NFL and be able to, to sustain some of the, the physicality that he's going to see. Overall, the biggest points for me were his ability at the catch point and his tracking overhead. Two things that I think are going to match where Patrick Mahomes is right now and maybe where they're planning to go, Matt. Do you see this as a fit that he can get into the lineup amongst the top three pretty quickly? Yeah, interesting that you you know you talk about his ability to to catch the ball and it's particularly over the shoulder because it takes me back to I'm sure we'll get some Andy Reid references to you know he could play center field. This is a little bit of comparison to Tyreek Hill there, and also worth noting. I mean, he didn't do it a lot much at all at SMU, but Borgonzi did mention him as being in the mix as a potential returner. So we'll see how that goes. The question to me about Rice that I, I need to be able to rectify is you're right. I mean, you see on the tape, he makes some circus and acrobatic catches. He's also had a lot of drops over the last couple of years. And that the weird thing to me is that I think he had 10 drops his sophomore season or at least you know, year two. Um, last year, he had one drop and then, well, two years ago, one drop and then comes back and has 10 drops again. You know, that's a weird kind of turn as far as how many drops that he's had is that a consistency is it is it a a focus issue is it just the you know granted his frequency of targets was going up the entire time too and playing different positions but those are a lot of drops and I, I and sometimes you worry about guys who can make the difficult catch but maybe sometimes not the easy one and the Chiefs have that kind of problem right now with the Marquez Valdez Scantling who kind of is in that category so I, that's one of the things I think they have to focus on is being able to just get, make him more reliable. But I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, there's reasons why that they fell in love with those guys. And I, and I think that even though he doesn't have that blazing speed, he does have deep ball capabilities because he tracks the ball so well. Well, now, we're going to have about, more on Rasheed as we go forward. Sorry. I just want to say what I love about this pick is you, you guys have talked about it already. He can play all three positions. And that is a huge deal in Andy Reid's offense. That's a, that's one of the reasons I think Sky Moore wasn't on the field as much last year. Uh, yeah, he had some guys above above him in the pecking order. But learning all three positions and being able to go in and be able to be anywhere on the field at any of those wide receiver positions is huge. And I do think Rice has that capability. We'll see how quickly he picks it up. Agreed. And we're going to talk about uh, Rishi Rice more in the coming days, but we need to get on to the third round selection of Wani Morris. We're going to get to that right after this. And I'm going to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. These bars are absolutely delicious. If you haven't tried them yet, I do not know what you're waiting for. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar, you've got to try these. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, that is real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. And they have only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you you still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter puff, and churro puff. You can thank us later. I will thank you later, and I thank you for the Chiefs for actually accomplishing the top three gets that I had on my board 
in getting the tackle, the edge, and the wide receiver. When it comes to Wanya Morris, um, finished his career at Oklahoma, and I think that's where everybody thinks of him now as the bookend to Anton Harrison. I think the biggest thing for me, Matt, is that maybe the public doesn't hear it enough. Maybe I haven't even said it enough. He also has starting experience at left tackle at Tennessee, where he's familiar with Trey Smith. So I, I think this is another player that reckons back to Juwan Taylor. These guys might be able to actually flip-flop and be backups for each other. I don't know that's the way that it starts. I'm really intrigued to see where OTAs sets them initially. Do you have a feel for that? We'll get Matt back here in just a second. Looks like ah, he's muted. Always hit the mute button at the wrong time. Uh, as much as I've been saying over the last 24 hours, I, I think Jawan Taylor has you know solidified now the, the, the starting job on the left side. I mean, it's not necessarily a completely done deal. I mean, it, it, there's a possibility that maybe they want to give Wanya Morris a chance there and see what he looks like. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be immediate. I mean, this to me is probably something that's more long-term because remember he hasn't played left tackle in a college game consistently. I mean, since 2020, um, he was the backup at Oklahoma, you know, in 2021, but no starts played only, I think six games that season. Um, so it's been a while he, but you're right. I mean, he started more games in his college career at left tackle than he did. Right. It's just that his right tackle experience is more recent. Um, I, I, I think based on what you've got with him right now, I think you'd feel much more comfortable as the chiefs with him on the right side and Taylor on the left side, because I think the experience matters. Um, but to your point, I mean, you know, it's, what is he going to be? I mean, can he be the guy that eventually becomes your left tackle? I mean, that's certainly what this pick could become. So he could grow back into that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and yeah, I think he did get quite a, you know, overshadowed quite a bit because, you know, he was the right tackle in Oklahoma, but both those guys were really good. Well, and I think the the big thing that sitting here looking at this from my perspective is regardless of whether or not he actually comes in and starts, which I do think he's just challenging for the right tackle position right off the bat. He gives you at least a guy that can be your swing tackle at the very worst. And I think that's a valuable position. Now, is it something you want to take it on your third round pick? No, but I think that they're drafting him, expecting him to win one of those tackle positions. But he does give you the ability to have that swing tackle, which Kansas City absolutely needs. Well, and he has the tools to do it too. So from my evaluation on rogueapc.com, you guys can still go get the guide if you want more information. His feet are quick and his slide is easy. And that really is the key to setting what they need to do in Andy Heck and Andy Reid's system. Everything after that is is work. And yes, he's he's aware in space, and I do like that about him, and his hands are, are decent. He had a great senior bowl. And so I think that went a long way on setting, for me, the expectation that he could go on day two and be comfortable about it. Is he is he strong enough at the point of attack? No. Is his anchor as strong as you would like or certainly that you've seen from Andrew Wiley? No, it's not. That's going to be a work in progress. But I think athletically, this solidifies for me what we've been experiencing for, for the last, uh, I don't know, uh, however long it's been since Juwan Taylor was was signed, in that this feels like a return for me to the wide zone, the vertical sets, the athletic offensive line that Andy Reid has been accustomed to for years, and this experimentation with these big, heavy, long offensive tackles is now over. Is that right, Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, experimentation might be the interesting word there. I mean, I think it was probably a little bit more, you know, 
out of necessity that they kind of went that direction. But I don't think there's any doubt. You're right. I mean, that, you know, the, the Chiefs traditionally offensive line, at least under Andy Reid and Andy Heck, has been, you know, built as, you know, really those guys playing as a unit and playing as a, you know, a cohesive group. And not sure that's been the case in the last few seasons. You know, they've kind of had at times maybe guys, you know, doing their own thing. And, you know, and that goes back to when Orlando Brown first came in and, you know, the, the troubles that they were having initially with just getting him to buy into the the footwork and the technique and the system that the Chiefs use. Um, with Morris, that shouldn't be as much of a problem. You're right. I mean, he is he's a smaller guy, but that's not a drawback in the sense that, you know, it's going to be easier for him to create leverage. He's lighter. He should be lighter on his feet than Orlando was. He's got the other measurables too. I mean, he's got incredibly long arms. I think his arms are longer than Orlando's were. And that's something that, something that teams in the NFL all covet. So he's got the measurables, but, you know, as we talked about at the top, it's about refining the technique and just getting him consistent. And, and if this group with the Chiefs can't get it done, like I said, it's, I don't think anybody in the NFL is going to get it done. Interesting sidebar on this. I do think that it's also possible that Kansas City is going to use, and maybe not Wanya Morris, because I, like I said, I do think he's a starter. But I think this gives them another guy that they can plug in and maybe be that sixth offensive lineman. I don't know that they're going to have a fullback going into the season, so maybe they're going to end up going jumbo in some of those looks a little bit more. And I know Matt, I know Ryan's a little <laughs> sad on that, but it, it's possible they won't. I mean, right now they don't have anybody. Usually, they have somebody on their roster, so we'll see if that changes. But uh, this could give them another guy that could be a you know one of those sixth offensive linemen if he's not starting, even though I think he does. Got to draft Certainly a fullback tomorrow, possible. right, Ryan? You got to draft a fullback tomorrow. Derek Parrish is still out there, folks. When the sixth round comes around, I expect him. my expectation is that he becomes a Kansas City Chief. I'm just saying. Do not encourage him, Matt. Please do not <laughs> encourage him. Draft ain't over yet, folks. Thank you for being with us tonight. Matt is staying up late. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate your insights. We're going to have more. What's the battle on Lucas Niang and Wani Morris coming to? We'll see that after our draft. Make sure that you're here with us tomorrow. We're going to have a recap for you on day three events as well. There are more Chiefs to come. We appreciate you spending your evening with us. I know it's a late episode. Thank you for hanging with us. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell on YouTube. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.